What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 248th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have the delightful Travis. I'm actually kind of glad that I wasn't on the show last week, that we couldn't get the scheduling to work, because I think Boat Race was would have just been the last straw. It's a cool, cool thing, but I don't know, something about... It. Something about it seemed to have just made me like I would have been completely redundant. You already get all the sunshine you need out of boat race. I'm, I'm, I probably would just would have just retired then and there, realizing that I'm I'm not useful anymore in a world where boat race exists and it's completely <laughs> better than I am. Being replaced by boat race. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think people enjoyed that that segment. I certainly did. <laughs> well, it's it's just you and I today, Travis. We're doing this. Man, my schedules have been all, oh, I've been traveling like every single weekend, so I apologize. Well, hopefully I don't have to apologize to the listeners because the episodes are still getting up on Monday, but I like to feel drained. You gotta apologize to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're doing this on Sunday night and we normally do this on Sunday mornings and Will is, Will is at Vanguard, he's Vanguarding it up. That's what he does every Sunday night. Micah is missing in action. I texted him. Hours ago, he has not texted me back, and uh, Logan is playing some D&D, and he said that he would be able to, but we would have to wait even longer to record. And I was like, look, Logan, whoever you are, fifth wheel here, been driving <laughs> that all is day. your real name. <laughs> I've been driving all day. All I want to do is record and then do nothing for the rest of the night. Just uh, Travis and I today, and yeah, we're going, we had a... We got a couple news articles again. We're still in this this lull of of the new year, so not that much happening news wise. But we got a couple news articles, and then uh, Travis and Travis and I are going to talk about the Nintendo Switch. Now that we know more information, if you want my opinion on it, I think that is going to be where most of our new Pokemon games are going to be coming, whether they are main series or most more likely coming first would be those spin off games. And uh, then we have Pokemon of the Week as well. That's what we have going for for you guys. And I don't know how how long this will be. We've like done two hour long episodes in a row, and I know we did we did do a survey, and it seems like an hour and a half is in between the two most popular. So I said like uh, an hour, two hours, more than two hours, less than an hour, and two hours was the most popular, but an hour was coming right up. In popularity, so it seems like an hour and a half for episodes might be the money spot, minus all the people that said, and there's a lot of them that were that said, make them as long as possible, which I feel like we could, which is do. about two hours. That's about as long as is feasible. <laughs> I mean, our Kickstarter episode was what, like four, three hours? It was a long, and uh, that's all. I, I it, the whole thing is a fever dream. I enjoyed that episode a lot. I think. Though that Kickstarter episode, if if you're a newer listener or maybe you just didn't get around to it, we we did a Kickstarter a couple years ago, which, you know, one of the reward tiers for supporting the podcast was, you know, you get an exclusive episode. So all the Kickstarter backers got that episode. And then I I asked if they want if it was OK to release it to everyone else, because I was so, you know, it's just like when you finish a podcast and you, you're editing it and you're like, man, this did really sound this is some good work. This sounds great. Uh, so I asked the Kickstarter backers if they'd be cool if everyone was everyone else could get it because, you know, it was supposed to be exclusive to them and no one objected to that. So we put it out and 
Yeah, it was uh, us making a top 10 all-time favorite Pokemon. On We did this right before Sun and Moon came out, so those Pokemon weren't in the mix. But yeah, I, as, as long as it was, I, I felt like it wasn't ever a stale. We should do a top 10. We should do an Alola top 10 like we did the Kalos 10 or whatever when X and Y came yeah, out. Yeah, 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 totally. I don't say we, like, my only worry of that is there hasn't been enough time for those Pokemon to saturate, to sizzle, to cook. That's, I mean, that's fair, but I think also things that have strong first impressions. Although, eh, I look back and I don't like Gumi as much because everyone, including me, loved Gumi when Gumi was released and it just became a little too much so maybe you're right that i need to <laughs> let the yeah let the stew simmer a while right, and it's also like i felt like gumi might have been the mimic you of of this year but like <laughs> mimic you will always live in my heart in a special place Bes- besides mimic you and i feel like besides rabambi what would be what would be like your wild card no one saw coming alola pokemon mm, what it would be um, I really like, and I don't typically like legendaries, if you can call Ultra Beast legendaries, but Celesteela is a very, very cool Pokemon. It's super huge, which you don't really expect when you just see its art. It's very different from a Pokemon design, which I think fits the concepts concept of the Ultra Beast very well, and things just really cool hard to sort of wrap your mind around what it is (laughs) it's it it feels otherworldly as i think all the ultra beasts should and i think celesteela does the best job with that so that would be my answer i think that's a good choice i'm trying to picture which one that is steel flying uh just look it up it's a it's a weirdy did you play sun or you played sun so you it's a version exclusive to okay or is it yeah all right yeah yeah i uh I fell off at a certain part in Sun, and I, I haven't gone back. Well, I've gone back to... We're, look at us talking about Pokemon before we even went off topic. I, I have gone back to Sun and Moon to do, like, the, the bean stuff. And just to, like, collect the beans and check in and do any upgrade. I think, I'm, I, think I have all the upgrades now, actually. Uh, but I haven't actually done any post-game stuff. But uh, there's a reason why, and there was an email specifically about that that we'll get to. But, yeah, I haven't, I haven't caught any Ultra Beast yet. It doesn't take a lot of time if that's what you're wondering. It? Well, I guess yeah, we'll get yeah. there. I guess we'll get there. Any anything else before we jump into Pokemon news? Any anything cool or new to report on? I know you weren't on last week. Just that I've spent all of my fortune uh, that I don't have on boat race bets and lost it all. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fair. Uh, yeah, nothing nothing new with me on my end. I've just yeah, like I said, I've been busy. I was the last last minute trip to the Wisconsin Dells uh, this past weekend, just because my mom's never been, and my sister was taking her, and she asked if if me and Irene, Irene and I, would uh, tag along. So we did. And the weekend before that, I was in Minnesota visiting Irene's family. Yeah. So and and it's just been crazy at at my real job with you know start of the new start of the new year, getting taxes and stuff for them, and well, not that I do taxes, but I. I am involved in some way with with numbers, so they asked me to pull those numbers, and I did, and it took a long time. But when you say you don't do taxes, you do 
like file. <laughs> I do my own taxes. file a tax return, yes. correct? And I <laughs> just just making sure. And I have no clue how Patreon taxes work, uh, and I'm very scared of 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 what that means <laughs> for this year. Well, but I guess I'll figure that. out. <laughs> well, the way it works is there's uh the you know there's a there's a. 90% flat tax on anything earned by Patreon, and then there's a 5% subable legacy fee that you have to pay as well. <laughs> Remember subable? Remember that thing that existed for like two weeks before it got gobbled up by Patreon? <laughs> I remember. I it was like Hank and John Green made their own Patreon, and then it was just immediately bought by Kickstarter. <laughs> or not Kickstarter, yeah, Patreon. Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming that the government is going to say, did you make any money? And Patreon's going to send me a 1099, and I'm going to enter that, and they're, they're going to go, oh, look at all this money you make. Uh, well, you owe us one-third of it, and uh, hopefully you set some aside, which I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> well, what, I, what I am looking forward to, and this will bring us into news, is that It's Super Effective got accepted to PAX East, our second PAX ever. Who let the dog? Who let the dirty dogs in? <laughs> and so that is that is very exciting. That is in Boston on March tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Twelfth. Uh, I've never been to Boston, so I have no I have no clue what to expect. The panel. I don't have all the details in front of me. I just right before I was leaving for the Dells, I was I was shooting an email off, and uh, Pax email came on in. And they were like, you're accepted, please reply back to verify. And so I was very excited, but I believe it's on Friday at 2.30pm in some theater. I'm assuming it's going to be live streamed again because it seems like all of PAX stuff is live streamed, which I think is is the best way to go, uh, definitely. So that'll be very exciting. I haven't been to the East Coast since like the Shorty Awards, which was its own disaster in itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited going to do something a little bit differently this time for the panel but i'll get to that at a later date but if you are going to pax east uh or if you're in the boston area and you're not going to pax east i'll I'll probably schedule a meetup outside of pax just for those who didn't get pax tickets because i know it's sold out but i also know uh at least from the two paxes i've been to that if you don't have tickets there's usually people selling day of passes outside the the door and i don't know how much they are and i don't know if they're legal or illegal or how they have so many passes to sell but i've seen people buy them and easily get in so i'm sure that that'll work for you if you're just looking to come on a certain day but panels on friday so we'll we'll cover that more in depth between this stuff about ticket scalping and your intimations of tax evasion steve this might not be a very great uh, this episode should not be admissible in court (laughs) Yes, I do not authorize the government to use this episode. Because <laughs> that's how that's how it works, right? If you yeah. say it, they can't. It's just do like it. if if somebody comes up to you, you they and they're a police officer, but they're in disguise. You they have to tell you, right? That's how it works. You a cop? You have to tell me. You know, legally, you have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, that's how the world works. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's get some Pokemon news. <laughs> Welcome to WAPZIP2. <laughs> Volcanion and the Mechanical Marvel to be released on DVD in North America. I never follow any news about the Pokemon movies, so this is fun when I have to figure out what the titles mean when I hear them for the first time on this program. 
while we're recording it. So I would guess that the mechanical Marvel is Magirna. Magirna. Yes, it's the very spooky Magirna. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. This is the 19th Pokemon movie. It will be released on DVD because those are still a thing on March 21st. And it... Whoa, not Blu-ray? Not, no, it doesn't say Blu-ray. It just says DVD. Whoa. It'll be released on uh, VHS March 22nd. And and the the beta release will be the next yeah, day. Yeah. So I actually saw about three minutes of this movie on New Year's Eve. I was flipping through channels to watch as uh, as one does when they're waiting for that silly ball to drop in in Times Square, and I was like, "Whoa, uh, the Volcanion movie is on. I need to check this out just for a second. Sure enough, Volcanion was there, and I was like, oh no, are they going to do the whole, like, you're a legendary Pokemon, so you need to talk somehow, and they definitely did, and I did not approve of Volcanion. Can I try to guess what Volcanion sounds like? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it, the fact that you didn't approve makes me think it's not the obvious of just having, like, a, a low, powerful voice. So they probably went a weird direction because of like the steam thing. So it's probably like, I am Volcanion. <laughs> no, no. I. <laughs> this is what Volcanion sounds like canonically. Well, welcome to my movie. I'm Volcanion. Don't you know that this is what I sound like? This is how my voice hits your ears. No, no. It was more like, uh, I'm really bad at impressions. It was more like, I don't even think I can do it. Ash, we need to go to. The mountain and steam. It was like a ooh, so so like, like a ooh, so like on the voice, just like high is what you're saying. Just no, I would say monotone. <laughs> Ash, we must save the temple. Magirna is very spooky <laughs> and terrible, and it's destroying everything you love and cherish. Come with me, as I will send you flying on j- jets of steam. Yeah, yeah, kind of like, like, again, I only had three minutes in, so it's not like I had vast amounts of dialogue to base this off of, but Magirna was there, and she, or they, or, I don't know if it was, uh, I don't, well, I think Magirna's genderless, I could be wrong. Pretty much all the legendaries are. They didn't have a voice. They just said their name. So I don't know if that was like... I was at a part where they were near... Like, a, they were in a city, but there was a river going through the city, and it looked like Magirna fell in, and then they were cleaning Magirna off, and Volcanion was telling Ash this tall tale. And I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I will eventually watch this, but now is not the time. Especially because I missed the beginning. And there's usually a battle and a theme song in the beginning, and that's how I judge most Pokemon movies, based off that initial battle uh, and theme song. But this movie debuted on Disney XD on December 5th, so I'm assuming now that Disney has the Pokemon stuff over Cartoon Network, I'm assuming that they are going to take full advantage of that library and probably show that movie a couple more times, because why not? Second bit of news here I have second bit of news I have here is the Pokemon Latin American International Championships are to be held in Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's probably wrong. Uh they will be held in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Sao yeah. Paulo, I think is that. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh will be held in Brazil on April 21st through the 23rd and it will be held at the WTC Events Center. Uh, this is following the European Championship, which was held in London. 
the there is an upcoming Oceana International Championship to be held in Melbourne, Australia, from March 10th to the 12th. Now, Steve, we came we came to an agreement that we would we would not utter the name of the city, which shall not be named. <laughs> yes, because uh, per- Perth, it's okay. We can make fun of Perth. No one there is going to hurt us for saying Perth wrong. <laughs> we've get, we've given the call out to our Perth listeners. And we did get one that said they lived in Perth, but they... Oh, more than one person lived in yeah, Perth. Yes. Told but us, we, right? we have not... They have not told us what Perth has been known for yet, so... Yeah, they're a little cagey about it. What's <laughs> going on in Perth, my dudes? What are you hiding? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up with that, but I do know that if you're in Brazil and you like Pokemon, there's a tournament coming your way. <laughs> Final bit of news. Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon, those, those games that sold... A couple million copies uh, now have their first patch available, version 1.1. Actually, uh, don't know what this patch saw because it came out like right before I hit the road. But it says here that it fixes Z memento parting shot bug. Mm -hmm. Oh, not like bug type, a parting shot bug. I got it. Correct. (laughs) And it was the same with the, the Z moves for memento and parting shot. When used, I believe, online, it's either it works online and doesn't in single player or, sorry, not online, but in a uh, online or wireless connection battle that it crashes the game if you use Z Memento or Z Parting Shot. They're both kind of weird moves. The game probably didn't know how to handle it in conjunction with like the Z Move animation or something like that. I never saw it happen because Memento doesn't get a lot of use and i don't personally run any pokemon that use parting shot so i've never seen it happen but i knew i think it was that the game would crash if you tried to do it okay we also had that rocky helmet bug which we reported on like three or four weeks ago and then there's an evolution move bug uh you were talking about momentum and parting shop uh parting shot not shop you know parting shopping there was it's a crash causes a crash in battle spot Z momentum failed to heal the Pokemon, uh, as said in its description, which which is something that they fixed too. Oh, so that one didn't cause it to crash. No, didn't they both did. Parting shot. They co- both did. Oh, okay. It says here. Yep, they both caused it to crash. But yeah, the the thing that listeners who are just playing the game casually might not know about Z moves is for non damaging moves, Z moves act a little differently. The if you really just played and didn't really care that much about the mechanics of Z-moves. You might not even know that when you're using a Z-move, its effect is based on one of the moves in your normal moveset. So, for instance, if I have a Waterium Z and Scald and also Hydro Pump on the same set, and I go to use a Z-move, there will be two versions of... Uh, whatever the water Z move is called. I don't remember them yet, but the water Z move and the one that's attached to hydro pump will actually have a higher base power because that second version is the one that's connected to hydro pump. So when a Z move is connected to a non-damaging move, it has a completely different effect and it'll be like, instead of being called the typical Z move for that type, it'll just be called Z splash or z memento as the case may be here and typically all they do is raise your stat raise a stat as well as have the effect of the move 
or some of them also heal your Pokemon completely and then do the effect of the move, as seems to be the case with Parting Shot uh, and Memento. And I think the bug was caused by the fact that Memento and Parting Shot are moves where the user either faints or switches out. Uh, Parting Shot is like a U-turn that's a status move. It lowers the opponent's attack and special attack, and then the user switches out to a different Pokemon. So I think the bug was caused by trying to heal the user of Z Parting Shot, because that's what adding the Z move on top of Parting Shot does after the Pokemon had already switched out, which would cause it to crash. And Memento is similar in that Memento is a move that has its effect uh, before causing the Pokemon that used it to faint. So it was try- probably trying to heal the Pokemon after it already fainted. That would be my guess. And just to note for those... So the bugs are fixed, but just to note that these moves are still banned from the battle spot at this time. So we will wait until further information from TCPI to allow those moves again. The Rocky Helmet thing that we reported on was the wrong person winning when... A Pokemon holding Rocky Helmet got knocked out, but then the other Pokemon got knocked out, so that has been fixed. And finally, the last one, the Evolution Move bug, was a bug that caused certain Pokemon to fail to learn a move upon leveling up. It was a bug which caused certain Pokemon to fail to learn a level up move upon evolving if they attempted to learn an Evolution Move. For example, Kadabra would not attempt to learn Confusion after evolving at level 16, but would attempt to learn uh, kinesis so that's why a lot of people were like hey why does abra not know confusion anymore how how am i supposed to attack with this thing that has the world's lowest defense and gets knocked out by everything uh there are some minor fixes here so in version 1. Uh, a number of other minor fixes have been made in version 1.0 a koomo ko- that can be used in battle tree opponent that used that can be used by battle tree opponents know a knows a move shell smash although Kamo cannot know this move in version 1.1 it knows Drakeo meteor instead additionally a halucha holding a salak berry that could be used in the battle tree opponents by battle tree opponents in version 1.0 has been replaced by a pidgeot dramatic yeah they're the same pokemon they're birds holding a charty berry in version 1.1. In version 1.0, a shuckle that can be used by the Battle Royale opponents knows a move, uh, knows the move stockpile, although shuffle cannot learn this move. In version 1.1, it now knows double team. I'm looking up Salak Berry to figure out why that was an issue with Halucha. I'm guessing it's one of those berries that prevents the, it weakens the power of super effective moves, but it's probably for a type that Halucha is not weak to, but I'm going to look it up. It's It's interesting that those three issues are NPCs using Pokemon that have things that they're not supposed to have. Right. Like, seems like they would know they made the game. But then again, they're making so many trainers. And in the battle tree, they have to make a bunch. So it's probably was quickly decided. And people look at Como-O and say, eh, things got shells, probably a shell smash. <laughs> Although that would be yeah, but ludicrous. And I'm very glad that it does not. But is it? When when they're programming it, isn't there just like a drop down of of moves it's supposed to know? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> uh, well, apparently not. How, uh, well, uh, apparently not because they were able to input a move that it does not know. I just think that's funny. That is all the news I have. <laughs> I guess that's all the news I have. Does it say why the Halucha with a Salak Berry 
doesn't work because I looked it up and Salak Berry is the one that increases the speed of a Pokemon after it takes considerable damage, after it takes enough damage to eat a berry. And Hawlucha, one of its abilities is Unburden, which doubles, I think, your speed when you had an item but then lose it through, like, eating a berry or back in Gen 5 utilizing a one of the type gems. So that, even though that's probably a an unnecessary amount of speed boost, it's still technically a thing you could do. I don't see why that's a problem. Yeah, I must be missing it do, something. It doesn't say. It just says, additionally, a Halucha holding a Salak Berry that could be used in the Battle Tree opponents in version 1.1 has been replaced by a Pidgeot holding a Charty Berry in version 1.0. One. Sorry, the first one point one was one point oh. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't say why. Weird. Yeah. So that's it for news. Hopefully we didn't miss anything. I said the pack stuff. Other ISC related news is we have a subreddit. This is new as of like a week ago. So if you go if you're a Reddit er a Reddit person, if you go to reddit.com slash R slash super effective, uh that takes you to our official subreddit and uh yeah. If you want to see a sweet video of how Boat Race works, that's been posted there. Go ahead and jump over there, subscribe, check that out. If uh, if you're one to do the Reddit, we are there. So where we will also be is on a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to be talking about the Nintendo Switch and our Pokemon of the week. And we are back from our break, and we—I mean—we go off topic from time to time. We're not a Nintendo Central podcast, but I feel feel like this news is pretty relevant to our listener base. Welcome to Nintendo Central. Uh, just like all podcast things, the number one thing in iTunes for podcasts over the weekend was any like Nintendo-only podcast. And there were a couple, like, Switch-focused podcasts that just randomly debuted. So here we are on that bandwagon. Here we are. We're uh, changing our name to It's Super Switch. It's Switcher Effective. <laughs> it's Nintendo Switching. I uh, I like the whole, That like, last one wasn't good. No, it wasn't good at all. I like the whole, like, snapping. I don't know. Microphones. I don't know if you can hear me snap. I'm really bad at snapping. Yeah. I love it, too. The... The audio trademark or audio logo of the Switch is cool. I'm a sucker for that type of thing anyway, where you can tell a brand by its sound, whether it be like the NBC chimes or what have you. And the, fa- and the Switches just sound so good. Yeah, yeah. I've That is that sound is just really, really good. It, the last sound that I remember that's... I, would, I wouldn't say it's better than the Switch, but I just remember it really well as the GameCube sound of like how the GameCube unrolls itself on the startup screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, I don't, did Nintendo 64 have a sound? I did not have a Nintendo 64. I borrowed, well, my brother borrowed one from his friend for a little while, but I didn't have one for long enough to really remember its audio trademarks. Yeah, and then Sega had the really good, like, Sega! And that wasn't even all of the games. That was just, they had a lot of space left over on the cart for Sonic. And I think they didn't want it to look like the game was unfinished, so the developer just 
made an incredibly large audio file that was the Sega, <laughs> and that's why it's on there. And I don't believe it was on all of the. It wasn't on or all even of all of the subsequent. Or I don't even believe it was on all the subsequent games. But nobody plays anything on a Sega console that isn't Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm getting it so much hate for this, but it's what? true. Nobody you cares about anything other than Sonic. Golden the Axe. Golden Axe is really good. Golden Axe is very good, but that's an arcade game, isn't it? I yeah, mean, it's but also it, on Sega things. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's also on the Genesis. I'm sure it's Golden Axe is on a hundred things, but that like Golden Axe reminds me of Sega. Isn't it on Nintendo consoles as well? I'm sh- sure. Yeah. 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 Probably. <laughs> So yeah, the, uh, uh, gotta go to go to Sega consoles to play Golden Axe because you can't play that anywhere. Gotta go fast. No, I think it was on Genesis and not on Super Nintendo. I, like obviously, like all those games are on Wii and Wii U Virtual Console and like yeah. 3DS, but I don't think it was on Super Nintendo. Mm. We need a segment where we get things wrong and then we set aside time for people who correct us. Isn't that just what we do every week? Isn't that just what Twitter is for? Yeah, I guess, but. Maybe we should, like, bring that into the show where we're like, okay, so these are the... Remember when we bashed Golden Axe last week? Well, here's where we were wrong. <laughs> welcome welcome to the show, Internet Pedant number 693. Thanks for correcting us on, what co- on, on which consoles Golden Axe is. Right. We need to deliver the most important Golden Axe information to our listeners. <laughs> Pure gold and axe. <laughs> we should start a Golden Axe podcast. No, I've played Golden Axe like twice. What? Golden Axe is so good. Yeah, it was fun, but I didn't need to play it anymore. <laughs> it would probably only last like three episodes and then we'll, we, we'd be out of content. Although the podcast I do want to start is a Gauntlet podcast. Ah, see, I wasn't that big on Gauntlet. It's okay. <laughs> so good. It's because of the music. Yes, and it's also just very good. It's also a very good video game. Although the point where you get far enough where they just think it's a great idea to have all of the walls be invisible, that's not it's not fun. That doesn't just sound... Don't, just don't do that. That sounds better it's on a paper. Bad design. Did you watch the 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 Switch press conference? Did you stay up, watch it? I did. I, I, I had some pretty spicy tweets about it. They were really good. I'm, I'm sure you had amazing tweets. Uh, I was... Full-fledged and committing of live-tweeting everything. I couldn't read other people's... Do you want me to just, uh, do you want me to just read them to you? Because they're really good. Yeah, yeah, let's hear some good ones. Okay, let me pull them up. All right. Uh, but yeah, it was, like, uh, it was like an hour long. It was 10 p.m. my time, so it must have been 11 p.m. your time. But before we dive into the nitty-gritty, and I don't know how deep we'll go... Okay, here are my, here are my tweets. Okay. There's not, there's not that many of them. The first one was when they released... When they talked about HD Rumble. So I said... I've always dreamt of being able to feel an ice cube. <laughs> then, quote, I would like to introduce you to arms, unquote. Nah, my dude, I'm familiar with the concept. Oh, I did see that one, yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar then, with arms. Then I think my favorite one is when they were playing, because I'm a notorious hater of Legend of Zelda. I, I don't actually completely hate the franchise. I just like the rise it gets out of people when I say that I, I don't like it. They're a few games in the Zelda franchise I like. I just don't like it as more than as much as other people. But when they were playing the Breath of the Wild trailer, I just said, The Legend of Zelda, Sadder Wind Waker. <laughs> oh no, this is the best one. Welcome to the Armory, an ARMS fan cast. Welcome to an arm and a leg, an ARMS fan cast. Welcome to Armsterdam, an You're not laughing. Please start laughing. Oh, I yeah, Please yeah. clap. I guess I was waiting for the Amsterdam, an arms fan, fan cast. 
<laughs> but I suppose you you ran out of ran out of space there. No, no, no those were Correct. super good. So, are you telling me you want to start an arms podcast? Yes, I do because that game looks incredibly fun, and also it's called Arms. <laughs> it's a good name for sure. So you watched you watched the the whole thing. What did, what did you think? Just your overall impressions. The presentation itself was awkward. I feel so bad for a few of the translators who clearly had trouble. That's that's not a that must have been a terrible experience. But as awkward as the presentation itself was, and as worrying as it always is when Nintendo unveils a console and then says, "Here are the." four or five games that will launch with it that's always a worry but a lot of the details we got about the switch are interesting to me the price tag was about to be expected maybe a little higher than i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be about 250 but i also don't know anything about anything so that was just a ballpark guess and it was 299 instead the features i like i like that the i didn't realize that the joy cons would have a degree of which are the detachable controllers. I didn't realize that they would have a degree of motion control in and of themselves, so the ability to play games like party games like Wii Sports, which it seems like that one-two Switch game is trying to emulate, would be fun. And I realize it's not cool to like Wii Sports because it's the game that every grandmother plays. No, Wii Sports is good. I, I agree, and I think the reason it's good is because it's powerfully accessible and having a game where you can just be like hey grandpa we're gonna bowl and he just immediately knows how to like, he you puts just on tell his him, he puts on his bowling shoes and brings out his yeah. ball <laughs> and you just tell him like you know hold the b button and then bowl and he can figure it out that's a powerful thing i think and motion controls are great for that where they don't get very great is where they're when they try to be integrated into things that require precision of control on my other podcast arbitrary archive i was just talking to my brother about super monkey ball and how sad it was that that incredible franchise started going the direction of like balance board controls or motion controls and that sort of thing which doesn't fit a franchise that is built around precision of control and a lot of times where they tried to like make shooters out of motion controls with the wii or in adventure games where you're like shoot arrows and things with motion controls it never really was very great even though those seem like intuitive uses for it and i think that nintendo is at a point where they realize when to and when not to do that and the fact that the joy cons can then be placed back in the grip to form a more traditional even though it looks kind of strange, a more traditional controller. To me, that signals we're going to make a console that can do the sort of very intuitive control schemes that the Wii had for those party games, but also have a controller that isn't completely unconducive to that, like the Wii-Nunchuck combination, because, oh boy, that was a weirdie, huh? (laughs) I think Wii Sports is easily one of the greatest games of all time. Just based on yeah, I would agree how fun it is, how accessible it is, and just like my personal use alone, and I know this is for a lot of people. When that came out, and for several, it wasn't like a one weekend thing. It wasn't even like a one month thing. It was like for months. When a group of my friends got together, it was let's bowl, let's play tennis, let's not do the golf thing. It's not that good, but. Mostly boxing's all right. Maybe we'll play that one, but probably not. (laughs) 
But that was such a let's do this almost every night, and it was so great. Where a lot of uh, a lot of you know quote unquote party games like Mario Party Ten, like I enjoyed my time with that. But that was kind of like a maybe two times, and it was like okay, I got all the mileage I could out of this. Where we sports for as simple as it was and even like in 2006 that was 10 years ago it was so advanced at that time so yeah i think did it come out in 2006 yeah i was how was i like 14 years old that's (laughs) strange i feel like the we we is a lot newer than that that's weird yeah 2006 it's up there with in my opinion, with like Rock Band and a more contemporary example like the Jackbox Party Pack games in terms of being able to immediately bring people in in a game that people are willing to play over and over again for a while. Even if you do get burned out of it, eventually it's welcoming and conducive to having multiple people play along. I think those are great games when they can pull that sort of thing off. And if 1-2-Switch is any good it look and it looks like some of the mini games are pretty cool hopefully that's what they're going for yeah i mean at this at this point i don't think i was surprised about the joy cons being motion control i just thought like well yeah that makes sense they've they developed that tech a decade ago i'm sure they've made it better i'm sure they've made it extremely cheap like why not just throw it in right but sbj what are your opinions on hd rumble High definition rumble. I don't know. I'm cool with rumble. Rumble's sweet. <laughs> it's so. I realize that it's probably cooler than. I realize that it's probably going to be pretty cool in that it provides tactile response, which can be very satisfying when you're playing games to feel like you're doing the action that you're doing. That sort of feedback. A lot of people might have seen with the newer versions of the iPhone where I I don't have one, but where if you press the main home button, it doesn't it's not an actual button that presses down anymore. Yeah, but it's a a skeuomorph skew. What is skeuomorphic? Yeah, it's a skeuomorphic button in that it mimics the feel of old what what a typical traditional button does it it vibrates in a way that feels like a button press and i'm imagining that that's the type of thing that they're talking about when they talk about this hd rumble and they have weird metrics where they say you can feel if if it's trying to replicate a glass of ice you can feel how many ice cubes are in there it's a very strange way of communicating what the tech is yeah i think if you imagine that in the context of an adventure game like there's the skyrim port that they're gonna have which is kind of funny to me because that's an old game i love skyrim i've talked before about how big of a fan of the elder scrolls i am but i still think it's funny that that's like one of the big launch titles at whatever like six-year-old game but if you think of that and that the controller would rumble in a way that would actually feel like an arrow being shot as opposed to just like every rumble in every game has been that's a cool prospect even though it's a weird part of that presentation and a thing that i don't quite comprehend yet but if it is as strong as they say it is that could be cool like not groundbreaking or providing like a lot of design possibilities in terms of designing games around it but sort of fitting that into games for the purpose of immersion i think could be cool 
I remember when the the PS3 got rid of Rumble because they didn't want to pay royalties n- to Nintendo for it. I think I think that was uh, that was the reason because Nintendo invented it, just like how Microsoft refused to pay royalties to Nintendo for the D-pad. That's why they have that really weird squishy D-pad at the time. That that tactile feedback I think is is really important to a lot of games, and I know like the DualShock Four, or I think it was the DualShock Two that introduced it, that had the dual rumble, where each side of the controller could rumble based on on things like that. Was it didn't seem big at the time until like you tried it, and then you went back to a basic rumble, and you're like, oh, okay, like I get it, and I feel like this is going to be the same where somebody's gonna like pick up the hd rumble and and go like oh this doesn't feel that different but when they go back to older rumble they'll they'll actually see the the changes that were made uh tactile wise you talked about one two switch a little bit and uh that's one of the launch games and it's it's a game based on not looking at the tv which i think is 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 kind of a gimmick in itself but for me like i've been there done that especially with the jackpot jacks jackbox games and like other just games and and as a board game player travis you can probably like relate to just games that like make you have fun in ways that don't involve like a board or don't involve like moving characters or rolling dice like the resistance or something uh and i think that's where one two switch is trying to grab that market definitely and so i i don't know if that's accessible to everyone but that's kind of something that has existed in the board game world especially with something like jackbox in Jackbox Party Pack 3, there's a game called Faking It. Ugh, I, that game is such an anxiety-inducing experience for me. <laughs> I love Jackbox games, but that one's that one hurts me. Yeah, so what Faking It does is it can you play it with six people, and what it does is on the TV, which you're supposed to sit in a circle so you can all see each other, it sends, uh, and you use your phones because you connect your phones to the PS4 or whatever you have Jackbox on, and it sends a, a question to everyone's phone. So what faking it does is everyone gets a question like, uh, raise your hand if you've ever gotten a speeding ticket. And one person doesn't get the question at all. So they're the fakers. They have to blend in. So the TV will count down like three, two, one, and then every if you've gotten a speeding ticket, you raise your hand. So the concept behind that is, well, you're sitting with a group of friends. You should probably know whether they gotten speeding tickets or not. But the faker doesn't know what the question is. So if it was if it was me, for example, and I raised my hand, my friend should know like I've never gotten a speeding ticket, which is true. I've never gotten a speeding ticket. But my friend Tim, he's gotten like nine speeding tickets since I've known him. So like when when he raised his hand, I knew he wasn't the faker because I like definitely knew he got speeding tickets. So it does other questions like it'll send to your phone like how many how many characters are in the TV show Friends. And I think it's six. You're, what you're supposed to do there is hold up how many fingers you think. So, you know, five, six, maybe seven when it says go. Like, that's realistic because that's... Is it six? I don't know. I didn't watch Friends. I thought that was Neither a bad I. But I held up two because I was the faker. I didn't know what the question was. So I was like, ah, two seems right. Uh, and everyone instantly knew that I was the faker because obviously there's not two characters in Friends. Uh, there's... I think there's six. Friends, the two of them, just the two of them, just these these two friends. So they they're using the TV to pretty much just tell you the sounds and the noise, and they're using the phones to hide the questions from people. But really, the game is using your hands and and trying to fake 
uh, the experience with your friends. And I think that's what One Two Switch is is trying to capture with the whole like Western game. And I know there's uh, like there's a cow milking game as well, which is based off HG Rumble. And I think that's where they're going with that. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a Wii Sports trying to like build off Wii Sports. I really think that's trying to build more off what people have done interesting in like board games and stuff. But I don't know if it'll have the legs of a Wii Sports or another like or or Jackbox even because I think it's more of a a Jackbox thing than it is a a Wii Sports thing. That's a good point. Uh, but that that's just my thoughts on it. Let's go through the lineup here for March and April. So one two Switch, uh, which is being made by Nintendo, that's launching on March third. Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild launching March third. Actually, this this was funny when when that came on. Irene was like, "Why do people like Zelda so much?" Because she's never played a Zelda game, and I was like, I've played almost all every Zelda game, and I've enjoyed them for what they were, but I, I didn't know how to answer it. I was like, I don't know, you're a hero saving a princess, and you do that every time, and it, it puzzles. <laughs> I won't be able to defend it. I just said about five minutes ago that I really don't like Zelda. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fine. I, I, I will get Breath of the Wild, but yeah, for me, I was, it, I don't know, it's just a game swords and stuff uh snipper clips cut it out together is also it doesn't say it's launching it just says march but i think that's one of the best looking games out of all of them and i'll get back to that just dance 2007 skylanders imaginators super bomberman r uh, which i'm a big bomberman fan but i've i've been told by people who've played it it's not that good i am sensuna by square enix has been heroes by Frostbite, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is April 28th, and Constructor HD by System 3 on March 3rd. I don't know what that is either. Snipper Clippers is really great, though. This doesn't use motion control at all, from my understanding. It's a puzzle game, and uh, you have... It's a co-op puzzle game. I'm sure there's a single-player mode, but it seems like it's really it's really positioned for people who are playing with somebody else. And you're two shapes... And if you overlap the shapes in any way, you can you can snip that other person. Uh, so it's almost like in Illustrator, Illustrator they have the like subtract command, or is it the exclude? One of those. And if you look like a, imagine like a bullet shape, so flat at the bottom and then round at the top. Uh, so if I like put my round top into you, Travis, and you're one of the shapes, and I like put it in sideways, and I snip. Now you're a bullet with like an apple bite out of you. And so you could turn sideways and use that like hole that I've made in you to like catch a ball in. And so what you're trying to do is like every level is a puzzle. So one of the levels is you have to drop a pencil down and then you have to uh, like tip that pencil over and put it into a pencil sharpener. And that's how you complete the level. I'm trying to figure out if this is the most difficult thing to describe over (laughs) audio or if it's just close. I'm trying to think of an example that's more difficult and having trouble. I think I can explain this one. Got your two shapes, right? And you have to drop a pencil down and then you have to put the pencil into a pencil sharpener to beat the level. And none, like all the levels are different. Like one is like putting a basketball in a basketball hoop and one is like putting a tire on a car. So for the pencil level, one of the, the, the snips, I don't know what they're called, the little snipper guys, they have to be really skinny uh, so they can hit the, so they can fit into the area to hit the button to make the pencil drop. And so the one snippy guy went over and he chops half the left hand and half the right hand. So instead of this little bullet shape, it's, it's like this little like needle shape because he snipped off all the edges. 
And so now he's small enough to hit the button. And that's going to drop the pencil down. But you have to drop the pencil down and carry it over and then tip it and then put it in the pencil sharpener to beat the level. So what the little uh, pin needle guy did is he snipped the inside of the old bo- the, uh, the other guy. So now the other guy has this like hole in the top of his head. And so he, after he has this hole, he like lines up under the pencil. The needle guy hits the button. The pencil drops. And because it's, it's like a hole in its head, the pencil goes down deep enough where the guy can then carry it over and then slowly tip it. Uh, and that, that's the puzzle. And it just looks really adorable and really great. And I'm a sucker for puzzle games. Uh, and I'm also a sucker for like co-op games because it, it balances that line of like, well, we're both trying to solve this together and we're both like dependent on our role so there's no there's no like quarterbacking of like i'm just going to carry you through the level it's like i have to be here you have to be here we have to do this thing together and that can be really funny or that can be really like oh why did you do this kind of thing um it does look like a very cool game but to hear it described in audio form it just sounds like (laughs) a disaster (laughs) it's it sounds like a rejected um Oh, shoot. I'm not going to be able to do the joke because I don't remember the guy's name. It I'll, sounds like a rejected Franz Kafka novel. I'll say this. I, when, when all the games were being shown, like, really quickly, I looked at it and I was like, oh, that, that looks like a baby shape game. And then when I saw the box art, I was like, oh, that doesn't look for me. That, that looks like it would sit next to Just Dance, and I'm not interested in Just Dance. But once I saw the game in motion and I saw a couple levels, I was instantly sold and, like, very, very excited for it. It does look very fun. Uh, so in spring, we're supposed to get arms. We're supposed to get Puya Puya Tetris, which is going to be the great... You can't just skip over arms like that. Oh, Arms okay. is clearly the killer app. I don't know. I'm not into, like, boxing games, like, especially boxing <sighs> and motion. SDJ, it's so much more than a boxing game. <laughs> you just need to see... It's... It, it, it's a revolution, not only of the boxing genre, but also of arms themselves. <laughs> So ARMS is a fighting game. Yes. A motion-controlled fighting game. You can play with regular controls. Oh, okay. But what makes ARMS different than the motion-controlled boxing games that are terrible, i.e. all of them, where you're just flailing your arms and it looks bad, is that instead of you make a punching motion and you immediately punch and you can punch again, so you end up just flailing, when you punch... You're actually you you have like springs for arms, so you are launching your fist across the across the arena towards your opponent to try and use your arm like a projectile. You can't just flail your arms around because then you've fired both of your arms and you need to wait for them to retract to fire again. So you can kind of like add English onto them after you fire them to curve them in one way or the other. I know it's probably clear that I I am just obsessed with this because it's called ARMS, and that's the weirdest thing to call a game, but (laughs) I am also just interested in it because it does look like it would be fun. No, after you said, like, the whole, like, it prevents you from flailing your arms, that makes more sense. Like, I didn't think of that, I guess, when I saw the game. I just thought, oh, it's another, like, motion control boxing game, and I'm really not interested in that. Not because I don't, like, I don't hate motion controls, I just... I also am not a big fighting game fan, so to put like two things that I'm not really like high on together, that's a hard sell for me. But yeah, that's being made by Nintendo. 
Sonic Mania is supposed to come out in spring. I don't know if this list is official. It was it was the top thing on Reddit, and so I trust the Reddit community to upvote things that are correct. And it was the newest list. So Sonic Mania spring, Puya Puya Tetris spring, uh, Lego City Undercover, Red Out. I don't know what that is. And the Binding of Isaac after Birth Plus. Uh, just going back to Puya Puya Tetris, this was a game I imported uh, on my PS4 like about two years ago uh, from Japan. So I only have the game in Japanese, but it's you. It's one of the best Tetris games ever, and I'm a big Tetris fan. But it's also one of the best Puya Puya Tetris game Puya Puya games ever. And if you don't know what Puya Puya is, it's the same as like Kirby's Avalanche or Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. It's like one of those games, puzzle games. But they put it together in a way where you can play both of them at the same time, where you're Puya Puya, like blocks Tetris shapes. And it's just really great. It's really charming. I feel like it's very hard for companies to get Tetris games right, for it to like feel good and for it to play well and for it to have multiplayer and for that to work well. And like I loved everything about the Japanese one, except the fact that I couldn't read anything. So that coming out is really, really exciting. And I think it's also going to be $40 and not $60. But yeah, I got it like two years ago and I love it. And I played it actually recently and it's still great. So if you like Puya Puya or Tetris, like it's a, a must get. Uh, in summer, we're getting Splatoon 2. In autumn, we're getting NBA 2K18 and Elder Scrolls. I guess that's coming out in autumn. Uh, in winter, we're getting Super Mario Odyssey, which is the new Mario game. I'm assuming that's going to be the Black Friday Friday, the 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 week before Black Friday, where Nintendo always releases their big games, like Pokemon Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire came out on that day, and and Sun and Moon came out on that day, and I know Smash Brothers came out on that day, and I think like some other 3D maker, I don't know. It's just like a Friday before Black Friday that they love to launch stuff on, and then we're supposed to be getting like Xenoblade, FIFA, a bunch of other games that I'm sure people are excited for, but yeah. Stardew Valley, that's something that's coming eventually. Probably Pokemon at some point, although that hasn't been announced, but that's the main reason we're talking about this, right? That it seems to be the replacement for both the console and handheld. Yeah, finally seeing uh, a, a final version switch next to a Wii U controller. It was like, wow, that thing is way smaller than a Wii U controller, but the screen is bigger. And then seeing it next, I don't know if you saw a picture of us, uh, the Switch tablet next to a 3DS. I did not see that. It's like a 3DS XL, and it's pretty much the screen is like the size of the 3DS XL, except just add the two Joy-Cons to the side. And it was like, oh, I could take the Joy-Cons out and probably fit this in my back pocket because I can fit a 3DS in my back pocket. Yeah. I, I don't know how exactly thick it is off, off the top, but just seeing the size was like, Okay, like this is definitely more portable than I thought it was going to be. But going back to the Pokemon thing, surprisingly, this is the Pokemon podcast. Eurogamer reported on that there is a version of Pokemon Sun and Moon coming out for the Switch. And Eurogamer, up to this point, has predicted everything right about the Switch. Like they got the, the system right before it came out. They talked about the price they talked about the hardware itself the specs weren't they the ones the who called screen. that they were going to use cartridges as well yep they were they also called the touch screen when no one else did they caught they they said the cartridges they said the uh i think they said motion controls they they pretty much got everything right 
and even other stuff they've gotten right up to this point. So the fact that they got everything right about the Switch, and they also said that the version of Sun and Moon are coming out for it, like a third, ver- quote-unquote, third version, which I don't know if that's like Sun and Moon 2, Sun 2, Moon 2, or Stars, which which some people have been throwing around. That gives me a lot of confidence that that, that is true. Like, why out of everything they get right, this is the one thing they get wrong. But there have been other reports on that as well. I think that's even even more believable. Not only did Eurogamer report on it, but after seeing how, not bad, but clearly Sun and Moon could benefit from better hardware. It's odd to me that Game Freak would build a game that runs so poorly, even on the new 3DS. The new, the the one that came out like two years ago with the faster processor, like it still doesn't run that great. I mean, it runs fine. Uh, but then when people broke down the source code and pulled stuff out, how like high res things looked outside of the 3DS, like seeing uh, seeing Guzma and seeing your, your Pokemon trainer and seeing po- other Pokemon like not be pixelated in any ways and being really smooth and having like really good line work and going, okay, like why? Like clearly they built really high res models and they had to bring it down for the 3DS hardware, but they didn't need to go that far. They need, didn't need to build like the crisps, crisps, crispest 3D models ever. Sorry, what? Is, oh, you're saying the most crisp. The most crisp, yes. I the thought you were. I thought you were inventing something new before my very ears. <laughs> Is but this you, some sort of holiday like Christmas, but yeah. a little crispier? A little crispier. It's like when you put Rice Krispies in the oven to make them crispier. The crispness Sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but what are, your, what are your thoughts? Do you think a third version is coming? I think so. Or if not, at, at least that further Pokemon games will be released on the Switch. I think it's likely that we get the third version on the Switch. If not, I think it's unfathomable that we do not get Generation 8 on the Switch. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because the fact that Switches can do local, not local, but like wireless multiplayer between each other, I think they set up to like 16 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a big number. The fact that that's the functionality that it has, oh, I mean, what's that for other than Pokemon and Mario Kart, right? That's Splatoon. That's, <laughs> uh, that's fair. I've never played Splatoon, but like that, there's no reason why Pokemon would not work on this device, and that's the reason why Pokemon hasn't been on consoles is because console multiplayer only really works online, and Pokemon has always prided itself as a franchise where. If you walk up to someone who's playing Pokemon, you can just battle them then and there if you've got the link cable. And (laughs) the Switch might be a home console, but it can also do all of the things that handhelds do, which to me says that it's likely that if we don't get more Generation 7 games on the Switch, that we will likely get Generation 8 stuff on the Switch, because I don't think they're going to make a console, a new handheld console Uh, anytime soon and the way i look at it is you have a situation where it's like okay well how do i get my pokemon over to a new piece of hardware that doesn't communicate with the 3ds and the answer is pokemon bank like that exists and that does its job 
and that works really well. The, the other aspect of this is from the people working on the Switch and developers, they said it, that it's really easy to work on. It's like the, the same as like how people say it's very easy to work on a PS4 or an Xbox One compared to the PS3 or the 360. And that as a company, if you're making 700 plus Pokemon models and you don't have to do that twice because the architecture on a, another piece of hardware is so different, that saves you a lot of time and development and lets you make more Pokemon games. Like, yeah, it's cool that something like Rumble has like a different art style where they do the little like toy robots, but to have like a universal system to say, hey, we've made this Charizard and it looks really good and now we can include this Charizard in three different Pokemon games and hey, now we don't need to hire four interns to like recreate Charizard because this game is so dramatically different because of the hardware and the architecture. Like that saves a lot of time, that saves a lot of money. And if this is going to be the hybrid, we don't really need a 3DS anymore because this is a home and portable system. Like that's just great. Like to me, that's great because it's like, I enjoy Mario Kart 8 more than everything else, but I can't take Mario 8 on the, Mario Kart 8 on the go. And instead it's like, oh, you could play Mario Kart 7. And then it's, th- those aren't the same games. Like, yeah, they're both Mario Kart, but 7 plays so different than 8 and I enjoy 8. And I would rather be playing eight on the go than seven. And the same things the same thing is for like a game like Monster Hunter. Like I got so into Monster Hunter on Wii U because it was this grand console experience and I loved it. And and 3U had this great thing where you could buy the same exact game on 3DS and play it on 3DS. And you could also you could link your your 3DS to your Wii U and you could transfer your character over to pick up and go. And then it was like, okay, that's going to take like a minute and 20 seconds out of my day to transfer my character over so I can have it on my 3DS. And then, you know, a minute and 20 seconds to transfer back to my Wii U when I'm ready to play on my TV. That was such a great way to play Monster Hunter. And now I've been stuck in this rut of, oh, Monster Hunter 4U and Monster Hunter Generations are 3DS only. And yes, that's fun. Like those games are still good, but I would always always preferred to play that game on like a tv on my couch with a regular controller so my hands aren't crap cramped and i just think that's a better way to play but i also want i i don't i don't want that like portable experience to be taken away from me because like you said with pokemon travis like being at a convention and like seeing other people play monster hunter and it's like oh we're looking for a fourth person to go on this hunt and kill this giganox like, do you want to just pop in and join in and do like spend the 12 minutes it takes to hunt this thing? Like, yeah, that would also be great too. And so, like, I hope that that's a reality. I hope that's a thing. I just want Monster Hunter on Switch. That's what I'm saying. Like, screw everything else. Monster Hunter is all I want. Our Pokemon of the week for the. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that I, I'm. I'm. Are you getting a Switch? That'll be kind of. That's kind of my final question, I guess. Are you a day? You you don't seem like a day one person to me. I don't know that I've ever bought a console on day one, ever. Wow. Yeah, no, I've never done that. I If, when they release a Pokemon game for it, that's a main series Pokemon game, I will buy a Switch. Other than that, it would take... Hmm, I'm trying to think of what other games it would take for me to get it. Something like, guess what? Turns out we're releasing the Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross <laughs> sequel you've been aching for, for which is never going to happen, but like that, or 
surprise, Valve's releasing Half-Life 3 on the Switch. Like, uh, I would need something like that other than Pokemon for me to get it. And if there's a price drop, like the reason I got a GameCube is because they dropped that thing's price to $100, which was awesome. That was a great price for that console. And I didn't get one until it dropped to that price. And so either a price drop or the release of a game that I can't live without, which is very few. Barring those things, I I won't get a Switch until then. What about you? Uh, I pre-ordered three of them. Oh, no. Why? You can almost... Well, you can't understand two, but you can almost understand two in that you can have the gray one and then the neon one. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so I... It went up on Walmart, so I pre-ordered that right away, and like as fast as I could, right? Because with anything, with any new console, you don't know how fast or how many there are, or how fast. Especially with Nintendo. Yep. So I went through as fast as possible and ended up doing like the the free Super Saver shipping through Walmart. So it said like, oh, you'll get it on March eighth, which is five days after it came out. And I was like, all right, that's okay. Like Walmart is not my first choice to pre-order anything. It's just that's the first link I saw, and I went through with it. Maybe 20 or 30 minutes later, someone tweeted out that, okay, it's up on Best Buy. And I was like, okay, great. I would rather go to Best Buy because I could just do in-store pickup and I live 10 minutes away from a Best Buy. And I can just, I just, there's, there's something about buying something new and expensive. Not that 300 is that expensive, but to like sit at, like take the day off, sit at home and wait for the UPS guy to show up. Like that's stressful to me. Sure, so, whatever. Amazon's my, my preferred shopping experience but hey if i can get in-store pickup at best buy that's great so i went over to best buy checked out as fast as i could i was able to do the in-store pickup at the at the best buy i lived near and i was able to get the colorful one that's the one i want the red and blue one great i'm gonna keep the i'm gonna keep both right now because why not why cancel and then the next morning i like refreshed amazon and there it was on amazon so i hit the pre-order button because why not uh and then so so (laughs) any any so this is a lesson to anyone who runs a retail store. Steve will buy your thing <laughs> if if you release it at your store, even if you've already bought it from another yeah, franchise. That's, that's... So, so uh, Culver's, uh, famed fast food restaurant in the Wisconsin area, start selling the Switch. You'll sell at least one. You'll definitely sell one. So as soon as I pre-ordered the Amazon one, I canceled the Walmart one. So now I only have two. And then Aaron... Uh, old old co-host on the site was like, I can't get a Switch. And I was like, well, I do have the Amazon one, so if, you know, push comes to shove, I'll just redirect my Amazon order to you and you can just send me the money and we'll just do that. Uh, so I'm keeping both for now, but I'll probably... I'm, I don't need two or three Switches. So I'll probably eventually cancel one. It's just the, the security of making sure I get it. That's what it comes down to. And it almost, and it almost makes sense for you to have two, right? Because they're basically a handheld console and you and irene would both theoretically want to occasionally play games together and i realize you can typically do that with one with the joy cons but maybe there are some games that you would want to or need both of the handheld screens to use yeah i think if 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 there was a pokemon game at launch or if there was a monster hunter game we would definitely get two because she likes like she stopped playing Monster Hunter because she wanted the console experience of that and not the handheld, which I I get. So there's just not that like, there's just not that other game that has been the selling point to having two in the house. But I'm I'm sure eventually we'll have two 
just so we can play games together. Yeah, let's let's wrap this up. Let's do some Pokemon of the Week, Travis. All right, the Pokemon of the Week this week is Melodic. Melodic is an interesting Pokemon in the VGC 2017 format because this meta that we've that we're seeing shake out as many doubles metas are, but this one more so than others we've seen is dominated by Pokemon with Intimidate. Specifically, Arcanine is the most commonly used one. And right now, according to uh, Picolytics, which is a website that I believe takes its analytics from Pokemon Showdown, which is a competitive Pokemon battling simulator, Picolytics pulls analytics and, and statistics from the games that are played on Pokemon Showdown within a given format, in this case VGC 2017, and then gives you that information of which Pokemon are the most common. So right now, the order is Tapu Lele is on 35.9% of teams, Tapu Koko is on 35.3% of teams, and then the number three Pokemon right now is Arcanine. And that's used on 32.8% of teams. And that might surprise some of you if you're not, if you haven't been actively playing VGC. But the reason Arcanine is up there uh, is, one, it's a good track and, and counter to Celesteela in that a strong fire move can take that out. But also, Intimidate is a very powerful ability in doubles because it triggers for both of the opponents, not just one or the other because even in singles intimidate is a powerful ability but when intimidate triggers on both of the opponents that's immensely powerful and gyarados and salamence are both pokemon that have intimidate and they're both in according to this the top 16 uh pokemon in usage in the metagame which is significant considering that there are three users of intimidate uh, that high crocodile also gets some usage which also has access to Intimidate. <laughs> so with all these Pokemon with Intimidate running around, a lot of teams are opting for, and this isn't in every team you see, but it's fairly common as a check to Intimidate users, especially on teams where you don't have a lot else that can counter these. You have a lot of physical Pokemon, so you need a counter to Intimidate. You would run Melodic, and you would run Melodic with the ability Competitive. Competitive is an ability where when any of your stats are lowered, you immediately get a boost to your special attack by two stages. So just sending Melodic out there when Intimidate triggers from your opponent means your attack gets lowered, which doesn't matter because we're using special attack, and then your special attack raises two stages. So instantly, without even using a turn, you have a two-stage boosted Melodic. And Melodic is a Pokemon that has a lot of natural bulk, you don't need to end up investing a lot in your and you don't need a lot of investment in special attack because you're getting a double boost there and then the natural bulk that melodic has makes it a bit of a powerhouse if you are able to trigger competitive and and that's the real kicker is sometimes you end up with a bunch of games where you're not using melodic at all because you don't run into those Pokemon, or you don't run into the other things it checks, like uh, Garchomp, for instance, with uh, Melodic's Ice Beam. So, the set that we are going to use from our Slack community comes from Slack user Brandon21486. It's going to be Melodic with an Adrenaline Orb. Now, Adrenaline Orb is a new item that listeners might remember for, that I think we talked about before 
using adrenaline orb for the purpose yeah. of training for shinies. You yep. can use adrenaline orb in battle to scare the opposing Pokemon and make them more likely to call for allies. Were you going to say something, Steve? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Continue. I was just agreeing. Okay. But adrenaline orb can also be used as a held item. Now, it typically doesn't get a lot of use because its ability is very specific. If a Pokemon is affected by Intimidate while Adrenaline Orb is held, the Adrenaline Orb will be consumed and the Pokemon's speed will increase by a stage. And so, while that's not that versatile of an item, we're not building that versatile of a Pokemon, right? This is there because Intimidate is all over the place. So, we really, really want to counter things that have Intimidate, so we run Melodic with Adrenaline Orb. The ability is competitive. The EV spread is a little all over the place, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, I, I think I've figured out why Brandon has suggested this EV spread. It's 212 in HP, 12 in defense, 180 in special attack, 4 in special defense, and 100 in speed. Brandon says that the spread outspeeds, outspeeds Garchomp if Adrenaline Orb has activated, and without a boost from competitive, it's Scald can still break the substitute of Celesteela with uh, full HP investment, which is important because Celesteela is another very commonly used Pokemon. And so uh, the other things in there, it's I would guess there's enough special attack investment to, uh, with the boost, and maybe even without, uh, depending on the investment of HP in the opponent's Pokemon. I'm guessing that that's designed to one-hit KO Garchomps and Salamences, which Garchomp doesn't use Intimidate, but Salamence does, but the ability to have a four-time super effective move on those fairly commonly used Pokemon is very good. You can use a Modest Nature with Scald, Ice Beam, Recover, and Protect. Recover and Protect are in there because Milotic has as I mentioned before, very good defensive stats, especially in its special defense. So being able to recover HP is helpful in Recover's case because you're likely to actually take a hit that isn't going to kill you and then recover it back, and you can stall out the late game like that using um, maybe a Pokemon that has poisoned your opponent or burned them before, and you can just end the game by recovering. Skull and Ice Beam are pretty straightforward. Ice Beam is to cover things that are weak to ice, and Scald is just the stab move. Scald has always been an incredibly important move since it's been introduced. So even with the nerf to burn in this generation, it still gets a lot of use. I think that covers it pretty well, don't you think? Yeah, that does it. Uh, for trivia, Melotic is the counterpart of Gyarados. Both are serpentine evolved forms of weak fish Pokemon. And they both appear in times of conflict. Melodic is to calm as Gyarados is to destroy. Both also share the base stat, to the same base stat totals of 540. They also have the same HP, defense, and speed. Uh, Melodic is also tied with Gyarados for the greatest increase of base stat total after evolving at 340 points. In Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, it is possible to evolve Phoebus into Melodic without trading even though no Poffin can be attained in and used in the game. This is done by visiting the Haircut Brothers in Goldenrod City or by talking to Daisy in order to groom Phoebus, which not only helps raise its friendship, but also raises its beauty. 
The subtly stated by the brothers and Daisy in the games, but cannot be checked unless Phoebus is traded into traded to diamond, pearl, or platinum. However, this cannot raise Phoebus's beauty if its sheen is too high. I don't know what that means. What's it, what's a sheen? There are a lot of weird. What what generation is this? Is this generation four? Yeah, sheen is a Pokemon sheen determines how full the Pokemon is. Every pop every poffin has a sheen. Oh, okay. I yeah, it, the poffins were very cool, and I remember enjoying them, but I don't remember any of those mechanics anymore. It's been too long. Yeah, it's been a while. And then finally, Melodic is the only Pokemon with multiple ways of evolving from its pre-evolution form in the core series. Uh, Shiny Melodic has a gold tail instead of a blue tail, and it also has like a, like sky blue ears instead of pink ears. So a good Shiny, definitely. I know there are some bad ones out there, but there you go. The tender Pokemon. Melodic's cool. Agreed. Melodic is cool. All right, some house cleaning for everyone. Ugh. 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 <laughs> uh, we got a we got subreddit. I already said that. Reddit.com slash r slash super effective. Join us over there. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash it's super effective. And that's about that. If you have any emails, if we have a light news week next week, we can do some emails. So email. Uh, don't be afraid to email me, sbj at pkmncast.com, or just go to pokemonpodcast.com and hit that contact button. That'll, uh, that'll send some emails over there. Otherwise, I think that's it for a show. Travis is at the Travis W. I am at Dragging a Lake. That's correct. That is correct. The Twitter for the show is at Pokemon Podcast. Oh, oh, and if you haven't left us a review on iTunes, we are like 10 reviews away from 700. So please leave us a review if you haven't done so already. That would help us out so, 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 so much to take a couple seconds to do that. Uh, But otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast. And we are super effective. Keep that dog clean in 2017. Do you like motorcycles, card games, explosions, board games, Mexican food, video games, music, cats, the weird and the unusual, wrestling? Go check out hashtag DrunkOnTacos over at DrunkOnTacos.com or on Facebook, Facebook.com slash DrunkOnTacos or even on Instagram at at sign because that's how Instagram works like Twitter. Uh, DrunkOnTacos, all the same thing drunk on tacos.com if you like that stuff they are a proud supporter of it's super effective and we thank them for their patronage <laughs>